NFR Extra is a weekly podcast that focuses on the Wrangler National Finals Rodeo and features icons that embody the rodeo and Western lifestyle. Why wouldn't I want my daughter to be raised the way I was? Rodeo people are the best people. They took me in, fed me meals, gave my horses a great place to sleep and rest, and they're just, they're, rodeo people are the best people. Well, in Florida, there's no signs that say, watch out, there might be a gator in the water <laughs> where all of these pedestrians are. Um, I almost sold him, I was real close to it, the beginning of last year. Um, I got offered life-changing money for him. And I just thought, you know, that's smarter for my family. Just take the money and run and don't, you know, take any risks. You know, that's that's the smart thing to do. But my husband said, no. This is Shania Twain, and you're listening to NFR Extra. Here we are, NFR Extra. I'm Steve Godert, joined again by Brylin Bentley and Mr. Andy Seiler. And, of course, world champion barrel racer, Miss Jordan Brooks. Jordan, how are you? I'm good. How are you guys? I'm doing great. How's it feel being back in Vegas? It feels good. It feels good to not come here with a horse trailer and bring a swimsuit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that's that's a little bit different because typically packing the horse trailer and just focused on the job at hand, and now you got a little bit of husbands playing golf. Yes. Yeah, It's uh, this is the first time we've been to Vegas without a horse trailer. I've been here a lot with my mom and everything, and so it's fun to come here and just have, like, adult time. So tell us a little bit about growing up coming here, okay? Because obviously your mom was a world champion. So tell us, tell us your your first time you came here to Vegas with your mom that you remember. Oh gosh, um, yeah, I just remember the parking lot the most. I'd set up my barrels and run my stick horse through the through the cups actually. And I was always Charmaine and Scamper. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, mom. Sorry. But, uh, yeah, it's, uh, I always stayed in the back, was in the tent with my dad. My dad would be pacing, you know, holes in the grass. <laughs> and uh, it was just fun place to grow up, uh, eight years in a row. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah, I always say, like, when I ran the other barrel racers, I'm like, I've ran barrels here more than any of you <laughs> In places you've never run either. Exactly. Yeah, you, you thought last year's average was good. You should have seen me 15 years ago. Yeah, exactly. So what was Bozo like growing up? I mean, we've, we've all watched that horse run, but I've never seen him in person. So we were pretty much the same age. I always say that we like grew up like brother and sister. Um, we picked on each other. He was kind of a butthead. He didn't <laughs> like a whole lot of attention. He just wanted you to feed him and him do his job. And so... Uh, I kind of picked on him. My mom would get mad at me, but I'd ride him bareback. He was pretty hypersensitive horse, but I'd ride him bareback. And, uh, he was just amazing animal to be around for sure. And to compare other horses to him growing up has just been very unfair. (laughs) (laughs) Bar was set pretty high. Yes, it was. How does that compare when you begin to shop for horses for yourself? Uh, Bozo had what you couldn't shop for. He just had so much heart and grit and was about half-ass mean. And, 
you just don't know that until, you know, you get pretty deep into the training. And so I've been looking for a horse like him for a long time. And you just, you know, when you go through a lot of horses, you know which ones are special and which ones aren't. And Rolo doesn't have the same personality as Bozo. He's very sweet. He likes attention. He's like the king, spoiled, rotten. He likes it that way. But uh, he had the consistency and the heart that Bozo had, and that's very hard to find. Are there any bloodline relations or anything close at all? There isn't. Okay. Yeah, for a long time, I chased Bozo's bloodlines for sure. And uh, and then I just wanted to try some different things because Bozo's related to Frenchman's Guy, mm-hmm. and they were pretty much the same age. And so Bill Myers wanted to capitalize on Bozo doing well. And so... I got in cahoots, my mom and I did, with Bill Myers very early, promoting Frenchman's Guy, being related to Bozo. And uh, so I rode Frenchman's Guys for a very long time and was very successful with them. But then, you know, I I got older and I just wanted to try some different breedings. And uh, Rolo was my second dash to fame I ever had. And so it's just been fun to try new things. When you were starting out, did you feel any extra pressure because of what your mom had done to live up to that legacy, or were you always trying to carve your own path? Um, I did. I was I was pretty rebellious in high school. You know, I ran Bozo on and off through high school rodeo, and I got a lot of crap from parents and kids, you know, that I was only good because I rode Bozo. And, uh, and so my mom and I got some other horses trained, and so I stopped riding Bozo and just would ride those horses because I wanted to prove I could do it without Bozo. And man, was I stupid. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's unfortunate. Yeah. I so mean, when you have a horse like that and you can't capitalize off of them because of outside, you know, thoughts or perception of somebody, it's like, hey, man, I got a good horse. Because that's, hey, don't kid yourself. If they could have bought that horse or had that horse, you think that they're going to tell their kids they can't ride it? For sure. Yeah. So, but I, I did ride him a lot. I learned so much. Um from him and and it was just amazing I'm so grateful to my mom you know like I think of you know my horse and how much my mom let me ride run bozo and in the little bridges rodeos and high school rodeos I ran in the barrels and the poles oh wow <laughs> yeah and I'm like good lord mom what were you thinking <laughs> <laughs> love my baby yeah how do their styles compare um they're a lot alike style wise they are both you know, very four-wheel drive, uh, flat horses, and uh, they know not to hit a barrel. Very consistent. Um, I run Rolo and a Hackamore a lot. Bozo only knew a Hackamore his life. Wow. And so they are a lot alike. Was there anything quirky about either one? Um, yeah, Bozo, um, you know, there were some vets. Bozo kicked really bad. Like, if you snuck up on him, he would kick you. Oh, really? Uh-huh. And there were some vets that, and he was pretty spooky, like, kind of acted, you know, half Hancock on the ground. Oh. And there were some vets that kind of was, like, kind of thought maybe he might be, like, kind of blind. Huh. Yeah. And, uh, Rolo is, he's kind of quirky, too, but all dashed of fames are kind of quirky. Um, he, he, uh... He doesn't like to be left alone, you know, like when I'm at the trailer saddling him, if I walk off to go get dressed and get my hat on, he kind of has a little panic attack and he likes, he likes somebody around him all the time, whether it's a horse or me. He needs his comfort human. He does. So does he, does he have a traveling partner then? Or no? Oh yeah. Okay. For sure. Who's he ride with? Um, just whatever cult I'm seasoning okay. at the time. I'm still, um, in the fraternity world 
and training horses when I'm at home. And I mean, we have 20 head of horses at home and prospects and stuff. So if anything ever happens to Rolo or something like that, we still have more coming up and I can just jump back into the fraternity world if I need to. So outside of the age of the horses, what's the biggest difference between uh, preparing for fraternities and preparing for rodeo? Uh, well, like fraternity horses, you don't run them very often because you can kind of blow them up or, you know, it's kind of like the racehorse deal. You have a lot of rest in between your runs. And so since I hadn't rodeoed in 11 years, had like a full-blown rodeo horse, it was really crazy to me to run Rolo like four or five times a week this summer. And to get that in sync is amazing. I really, I missed that of just running a horse a lot and getting to know, know him that well. Um, you can count on an older horse a lot more than you can a colt. And so it was, that was the funnest experience for sure. Which comes to the point of a new national finals rodeo average champion time. What goes into this? This title is not talked about very often, and it is so important at the finals. I went to the finals um, with the average in mind for sure. I honestly did not even think about a gold buckle because, you know, Haley Kinsel has dominated over the years. I was going into the, you know, it was my second NFR, but it was my horse's first NFR, and I was going against, you know, the the people that go there year in and year out. And so because my horse was so solid all summer, he was voted horse of the year, which was my favorite award I won last year to be voted that with your peers. But I I knew I had a good chance at the average. And so that was my goal. And that's how my mom raised me. If you have the average in mind, you're going to win the most money. (laughs) Yeah. That's crazy that you take 11 years off and come back and do that. What is there like a key to this thing or did you get something figured out or was it just timing and a good horse? Um, you know, I, I, the 11 years off, I, I trained for fraternity horses for the past 11 years and I just, uh, trained them, sold them, trained them, sold them, trained them, sold them and started over. And, um, it, it just wears on you a little bit cause you know, you never know what you're going to get with those Colts. Um, it, it just kind of sucks to start over. Nobody talks about the heartbreaking part of you are really successful on a horse and then you sell them and then they're not as successful with the next person. Right. Uh, that's that's tough. It really is. Because I, I try to find the best homes for my horses. Most importantly, the people that are going to take the best care of them. And sometimes people don't do as well on them as you did and, and, it, and it sucks. And so I guess Rolo, I just didn't want to go through that process again with him. I wanted to capitalize on him myself and see how far we could how far we could go together as a team. And he was just that special horse I had. But I love the fraternities. Um, they're very challenging. It's a total different mental deal. Um, and I've I won a million dollars in the last ten years in the fraternities. Congratulations. Talk a little bit about uh, Briggs Performance Horses. Yeah, we're uh um, we, we start about three to four colts a year and just sell them or keep them, uh, to go through the, their fraternity and derby year or whatever. And then all of them are rope horses, all of them are barrel horses. And we just kind of gear them towards what they do best. But 
I've had a lot of really great barrel horses that nobody knows that they're really awesome head horses also. Wow. Well, when we were joking with your husband, he goes, yeah, I wish uh, my wife would take a year off so maybe I could head on Rolo a little bit. Yeah, Rolo is amazing in the heading. Uh, he went to, so I fraternity him as a five-year-old because I was pregnant his four-year-old year. And so Justin took him to the rope horse fraternities his four-year-old year. So that was his first competition was heading and healing at the Fort Worth fraternity. And uh, there was a lot of the big guys that were like, hey, you want to sell that head yeah. horse? He's really <laughs> nice. <laughs> so you, you mentioned being pregnant now. You guys are mom and dad. So mm -hmm. tell us a little bit about your little one. Man, uh, that's the hardest job I've ever had. <laughs> <laughs> and she rides 17 horses a day. <laughs> yes. How does that compare, uh, raising a child and raising a horse? It's the same because, you know, like they can't talk. You don't know what they want. <laughs> uh, you don't know what they need. They're and always kicking something. <laughs> yes, hurting themselves. Yeah. Like it's just a, it's a guessing game constantly. Of something that you don't understand. <laughs> Let's take a quick pause, and we'll be right back. Looking to rope in some new news and features you can't find anywhere else? Then look no further than the series of blogs and vlogs at nfrexperience.com. You'll find customized content on all things rodeo and Las Vegas. There's the NFR Insider with Susan Canode, Hurley's Hotspots, NFR Experience, Junior World Finals one-on-one -on -one with Wrangler contestants, Behind the Shoots, Part of the NFR and Gold Buckle Buzz. So with the way that you grew up, with looking at your daughter, is that something that you would like your, your daughter to be able to experience too, is going to those rodeos and living that same lifestyle? Yeah, so um, it was a tough decision to keep Rolo. Even as amazing as he is, I didn't know if I wanted to be gone and on the road and you know, I didn't really understand why God gave me this amazing horse when I have a toddler at home, you know. Um, I almost sold him, like was real close to it the beginning of last year. Um, I got offered life-changing money for him. And I just thought, you know, that's smarter for my family. Just take the money and run and don't, you know, take any risks. You know, that's that's the smart thing to do. But my husband said, no. Really? He said, we are financially stable enough. You've sold enough horses that you're going to keep this one and you're going to do what you want to do. And he was completely like, you go on the road when you need to. We'll go with you when we can, you know, whatever. And so, and my mom, of course, she went with me over the 4th of July so Bexley could come with me. And, and, and that was my deciding factor to not to sell him is, why wouldn't I want my daughter to be raised the way I was? Yeah. I loved it. Yeah. Rodeo people are the best people. This summer, I stayed with my mom's friends, you know, the Gleasons, people like that. They took me in, fed me meals, gave my horses a great place to sleep and rest. And they're just, they're, rodeo people are the best people. Yeah. And whether my daughter wants to run barrels or not, I want her to grow up around these people. That's awesome. Yeah. And that's got to be so cool for your mom, too, to see, you know, that, that, her daughter is doing what she did. And, you know, I mean, just to kind of like, oh man, that's, that's just amazing. And, you know, I mean, it's got to be another level of pride for a grandparent to go and watch her daughter run while she watches her grandkid watch yeah. her mom. You know I mean? It's, it's like the whole, the whole circle of life sort of a thing. It is cool. And uh, if anything good out happened out of COVID, it makes you so proud of where you came from and the people that you surround yourself with. And, uh, 
like growing up in the rodeo, of course, I've heard the national anthem saying umpteen hundred times and I've watched a lot of rodeos and, uh, you know, we pray and we, you know, salute to the military and our servicemen and stuff. And it just hit way different the last couple of years. Yeah. And you guys, the rodeo announcers, I've never appreciated you guys more for your prayers and everything. And, um, like my daughter, uh, what grow, she's going to grow up watching rodeo on TV also and she could stand and put her hand on her heart for the national anthem since she was nine months old. Yeah, that's so cool. And so, again, it's just, it's such a great sport and great people to be around. So, speaking of some of the rodeos you've, you've been to this year, um, with the big win at Rodeo Houston, is that going to change your schedule? Are, are you doing things a little bit differently than maybe you did last year? Yeah, um, I've always thought that making the NFR with, low count and rodeo is the goal. Um, I, even though my mom has four world buckles, um, you know, her, she made the NFR in like 30, 40 rodeos. And that was the cool thing to me. And so I feel like that I need to take advantage of my Houston rodeo win, especially with $5 diesel. <laughs> $5 sounds cheap right now. Yeah. I haven't left the state of Texas yet. Yeah. So, um, so I, I, we are going to go rodeo this summer and enjoy family time. And um, I am building a house, so I got to keep winning a little bit of money to pay for that. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, it changes my plans. I, I, I just don't think this year is a smart year to chase the gold buckle right off the bat. You know, I think just kind of if somebody wants to spend all their money rodeoing all year long so that they have a head start for the NFR, then more power to them. Well, I mean, at the end of the day, when you see the payout at the NFR, though, it's not out of the realm of possibility to win $150,000, $200,000. So, I mean, the biggest goal is getting there first. So, when you check that box, then yes. it's, you know, the opportunity is still there to win a lot. Yes. Do you think having that small rodeo count going into it, that's also got to kind of give you an advantage, too, because your horses aren't getting hauled and ran as much. So, you kind of have a, a bit more horse left at the end of the year. Yeah, I have to be a responsible horse owner to my wonderful horse to not take advantage of him. And, uh, you know, he's eight years old this year. I want to keep him as strong and healthy and last as long as possible. So uh, Houston is just, that doesn't happen all the time to win Houston. So I definitely want to take advantage of that situation. What advice would you have to maybe some of the parents that might listen to this who think starting out, hey, I've got to make my kid competitive? You know, I mean... You see a lot of young people on too much horse. So mm -hmm. what advice would you give to parents in, in today's rodeo world? Make them work. Make them clean their stalls, fill their water buckets up, do all of the hard stuff so that you know they're in it for the long haul. If you do everything for them, if you do all the hard work, then they're not really in it to win it. Right. <laughs> My oldest daughter, when uh, we first bought our house, we didn't have any heated uh, water troughs. Mm -hmm. And so her job, you know, was go out and fill them up. And sometimes it'd pop a breaker and be, you know, and I was like, listen, sis, this is what it takes. If you want to have horses, this is what it takes. Sure. And if this isn't what you want, you're going to hate this so much that you're going to take that work ethic and put it towards something else and just remind, remind yourself, hey, I'm not, I'm not packing hoses in 30 below and breaking water in troughs. So that's something that is, I mean, that's crucial no matter where you want to go. And then like speaking with uh, the opportunity to speak with your husband 
last night, everything you guys are doing, if it's cleaning stalls, if it's riding, that's what you guys are doing. So even on the top end, that's just what it takes. For sure. And our second job is, is we build places for a living. We're on our fourth place to build from scratch. Wow. And so we don't even know how to not work. (laughs) (laughs) It sounds like there's always a project of some sort, whether it was horses, a property, now a kid. Yeah, for sure. Um, But I, again, I want her to grow up with work ethic and no matter what she wants to do, you work hard at it and you put all your passion towards it. So we talked to some other athletes about horses or bulls they might want to draw. The The biggest thing for you would be the setup. Is there a setup that you and Rolo like more than any other or do you think he can pretty much do any pattern? Um, this summer I learned a lot about him and he really dominated on uh, really hard ground. And because I have so much control over him with how broke my husband got him and team roping on him, um, the barrel, the barrels can be, they don't have to be on the fence anywhere near the fence. So give us some big patterns with no fences and some concrete ground. Oh, geez. Yeah. <laughs> everybody nightmares else, for everybody yeah, else. What everybody yeah. else doesn't want to do. Jordan says, sign me up. But yeah. she just told us at the start of this interview, she uh, practiced in the parking lot. So I guess that's that makes right. Sense. That's right. It all comes comfortable full for everybody. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the American rodeo, like that's just a, you know, a knife fight to get out of Northside. And so I got out of there by the skin of my teeth this year. And I, we were driving to the rodeo and I said, I hope they set up the weirdest barrel pattern they can think of because Rolo and I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> And they did. That barrel was so far off the fir- the fence. Unreal first barrel to the right. Yeah, and it was a very crooked pattern too. So it was awkward. I was like, yeah, we got this. That's what that's what's interesting though too is when, you know, some people are like, so barrel racing, the pattern always stays the same. You know, like the hunter and jumpers in the event world and stuff like that. They're like, so it doesn't change yeah. all the time. It's like, so how come you don't win every time? You know what you, know what you got coming. <laughs> But sure. yeah, the ground, I mean, the ground, the fences, the crowd, the buildings, you know, outdoor rodeos, indoor rodeos, mm-hmm. you know, and that's, you know, talking to some of these people like, uh, you know, well, the horse hates, uh, you know, lights or, or screens or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. So, man, when you got a horse that's just good and broke, like what you guys are making, it's like, yeah, I'll go anywhere. Is there a place that you love more than any? Like, I, I just feel comfortable when I ride in at this place. Um. I've won Ellens. I've been to Ellensburg twice, and I've won it on two different horses. So I really like Ellensburg. Yeah. So what what was the first horse you made the national finals rodeo on? Frenchman's Jester. Okay. And we bought him as a yearling. My mom and I trained him together, and uh, I won my first world title at the BFA, the Barrel Fraternities of America, on him in 2006. Then made the NFR on him in 2009. So that kind of started my passion of fraternity and then taking a horse as far as he could go. Was there ever any point in that 11-year stretch in between your first qualification and last year where you were kind of peeking over the fence like, uh, I think I could beat some of these horses? So I, uh, 2015, I had a mare called Frenchman's Future. She won $200,000 her fraternity year, placed nearly every fraternity I took her to, and I really wanted to rodeo on her. And, uh, but she had an accident out in the pasture and fractured her hawk. Oh man. And so she's a brood mare now, but, um, but she was one of them that I definitely was thinking about getting back out to the rodeo world again. 
Do you have any preference over geldings, mares? Doesn't matter. I don't. Okay. I just like a horse with a good work ethic and wants to win as bad as I do. She really sounds like she wants to win a lot. I know. Seriously, I was like, I- I'm convinced that. <laughs> Please step back. She's coming through. <laughs> well, I was, uh, I was just, you know, raised to appreciate being able to do this for a living and to win money doing what you love to do. And I get to support my family. I kind of feed off of that pressure, honestly. Yeah. You know, Justin, he works his butt off and shoes our horses, breaks our horses, builds our places, does all that stuff. But, you know, he doesn't have like the real job. And um, I do. And I feed off of that pressure to take care of my family. That is really cool. Speaking of pressure, uh, you told us off microphone that your your husband grew up in Florida. And uh, there have been some times where he's put you in pressure pack situations in the water. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? <laughs> All right. Well, so I grew up in Colorado in the snow. <laughs> and he took me to Florida to go uh, paddle boarding. And, you know, in Colorado, when there's bears or mountain lions or elk or deer, they have signs that right. say you watch out for this <laughs> bear. Well, in Florida, there's no signs that say, watch out, there might be a gator in the water <laughs> where all of these pedestrians are. And uh, yeah, so we went paddleboarding. I did not believe my husband that there was a gator and that there could be gators in the water where all these people were. And uh, I paddleboarded right up to one. And let me tell you, I failed in that pressure situation. <laughs> Well, the good thing about the Rainbow River, where he told us you guys were paddleboarding, it is clear all the way to the bottom. So yeah. if there's a gator there, you can see him. But. Oh, perfect. That's what I want to. <laughs> I don't think I want it. Just what I need. Yeah, there still wasn't anywhere to go. I was flailing like a fish. Yeah. And that gator was just looking dead at me, not moving at all. Yeah. So like, I, you're not from here, are you? No. Yeah. Well, hey, I you did. stay right there. I'll be over in a second. <laughs> I did not win that round. Oh, my gosh. I still, like I said it last night, too, when I heard that story. I was like, if I can't see the bottom, I don't care if it's a hot tub, a lake, a bathtub. <laughs> there's something in there that will eat you. I mean, there's, and then if you can see all the way down there and see it, that makes it even worse. Yeah, for sure. And then uh, Justin, being from Florida, he wants to go skiing on vacation. And I'm like, <laughs> no, we don't go vacation in snow. Yeah. Like, I've fed cows in snow. And then I want to go to the beach for vacation. Right. He's like, no, I don't want to do that. <laughs> yeah, those aren't bad problems to have either. Do we no. go to the beach or do we just go skiing? That's yeah. True. So, and the snow thing too is like where we're at in southwestern Montana, same as Colorado. It's not like, oh, three months of snow. This is great. It's like you have eight months of snow mm-hmm. and you can only ski so much and you get so sick of feeding cows and horses and oh, all the stuff to where it's like, let's go to the beach. Yeah. For sure. When I, I still don't understand why people raise cattle up north. Yeah. <laughs> it's the strangest thing. It's a labor of love. Well, Jordan, thank you so much for your time and good luck this season. We hope to see you back in Vegas this December and uh, we, we appreciate you joining us. Yep. Thank you guys for having me. You betcha. Thank you. Want to experience more of the NFR? Then visit nfrexperience.com and we invite you to subscribe to NFR Extra on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and wherever you're listening right now. If you like what you've heard on NFR Extra, we would love it if you gave us a five-star rating and tell your friends how to subscribe.